everyone. Thanks for tuning in to my channel, The Inspirational Leaders Podcast. And today, we have someone really special on our show. She's a programmer turned entrepreneur and events coordinator. She's focused on empowering others for greater success. In her day job, she's the community advocate for ManyChat, a company that helps businesses have better automated communications with their customers. But for her business, she breaks down digital marketing tech into easy-to-understand bite-sized pieces, and the list can go on forever. With that being said, please welcome our guest for tonight, Cassandra Keaton. Welcome, Cassandra. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Cassandra. Pleasure is all mine. So uh, how have you been lately and how are things, especially in Texas and with this pandemic situation out there globally? I've been good. Uh, day job keeps me busy and, you know, I'm I'm getting to empower a bunch of people. So that's always great. And as far as Texas goes, we had some, we've been having some crazy storms recently. Um, most of May, it feels like. Uh, I feel like we're a little bit rained out at this point, but it's nice and sunny at this moment. So good to know that things are getting better. So, and, and and I must tell to my audience, uh, it, it was really tough getting a slot from Cassandra since she's so occupied in multiple <laughs> engagements. <laughs> so kudos <laughs> to me as well. <laughs> I'm working on that. So uh, Cassandra, just to start off our conversation, I mean, since you have uh, seen, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, your lot of journey has revolved around uh, various domains in this industry and you have seen it grow and evolve over a period of time. So you know, uh, why not walk us through your professional career and uh, how has the journey been like? I'm I'm pretty sure the part of it I know has been, you know, like a roller coaster ride. But <laughs> yes. it would be great if you can, uh, you know, uh, explain about that. Yeah. Um, so when most people think professional career, they probably think after school. But mine started in college, really, um, probably with one of my earlier jobs as a research assistant at Crescent Research. It was a college research type thing, and we were working on um, smart home things. So most of my colleagues were working on the robotics sides of things, and I worked on a chatbot of sorts. Um, her name was Charlie, and we used a, I believe it, well, aside from purchasing the, the actual software, it was basically free after that. Um, but Verbot allowed you to have the very first um, pieces of of AI. Now it was more decision tree, right? Like if it, if this, then say this, and based on you know whatever, it you know give this answer. So um, that was probably the start of my journey. And in college, for a little bit of background, as you mentioned, yes, I'm a programmer. I got my degree in computer science from TCU in 2008, uh, <laughs> and um, I I loved everything about it. My my favorite part about programming was how you could create something from nothing that could help somebody else. And um, funny thing, uh, I I didn't have any mentors at the time. Which if that for for if you listening find mentors, find someone who has what you want and learn from them. Um, my mentors at the time, they come from the time of punch cards. Now, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but for those of you who are listening who don't know what I mean by that, um, when computer programs were first around, the, or at least the the recent um, computer programming, uh, Ada Lovelace was actually one of the first programmers, um, <laughs> uh, they used punch cards. 
And so when we think of zeros and ones, that's what those punch cards were allowing the early machines to do. And so my professors came from the time of punch cards where they would have boxes and boxes and boxes of these things for one single program. And so their experience was, I was in a dark room, never saw the light of day, never saw people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, so I, instead of going into the world of programming after I got my degree, I went the other direction into help desk and system administration. So for about eight years, I was doing that type of work when, um, I came into Cisco, which I am so grateful for. I am, it was like, it was like universe was working for me when that happened. Um, cause I was, well, I was looking Cisco found me, a recruiter reached out to me. And so um, the initial role that I started with at Cisco was a tech engineer, technical assistance center, basically tech support for call manager. And for those that may not know, call manager is the system that allows companies to have telephone networks in, in, with inside their, their um, networks. So um, that was what the role was for. And I don't feel I was hired for the role because I knew my networking, because I was very um, green in that area. I mean, I knew enough to be able to do help desk work, but not really enough to be, in my opinion, tech material. <laughs> um, but at the time, they were also building up a, a proprietary system that would allow engineers and, and more to be able to automate reading the different um, tickets that come in and the um, the logs that would happen to help not only quickly come to solutions faster, but also be more proactive. And so I don't feel like I got hired because of my networking. I got I feel like I got hired for my ability to program and my ability to explain it. So for about that first year and a half of, of Cisco, um, I transitioned from uh, red badge, which is a temporary worker, to blue badge, and eventually my next role, which was Python trainer and mentor for tech. So I got to um, go around the different tech centers of America and train our, uh, not just America, but also in Mexico, and train our engineers on basics of Python, help them get to know what's going on with the the system, the, the BDB system. Um, and just a lot of that and building internal tools to help our our leaders, because at the time they had transitioned from their siloed work where, you know, call manager did call manager tickets and, you know, Unity did Unity tickets and things like that to more of an integrated approach. And at that time, again, you know, new teams were developed. And one of my roles, aside from from training, was to create this system to help them figure out, okay, where do we need you know, help, um, how can we help our, our colleagues um, improve, you know, whatever that might, any patterns that might be emerging. And eventually uh, that did transition to a couple of other roles. Um, and then finally to one where I got uh, noticed um, by our data and analytics uh, department, which is data science and artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and so in that role, I was more of um, uh, 
a community evangelist. That was my that was my title where I was making sure people knew what was going on. I was helping run events. In fact, my my very first three months of that role, I was leading the vendor portion of their data symposium. So data symposium um I assume it still is a an annual event where they brought both leaders from internal to Cisco as well as external to come and talk about data science, artificial intelligence, et cetera. And so my very first three months in that role, um, I I helped with that event and led my own track. And we did a really bang up job is my understanding. I mean, I, I hadn't been to one before, so um, I can only base it off of their experience. And um, that had several different aspects to it. I was helping with the awards. So that was our first year that we did the Data Science Awards, where we found people internal to Cisco that were doing great work in the fields of data science. And um, we helped promote that work. And for certain ones that were voted on by leadership, um, they were able to get really nice, beautiful crystal trophies. Um, and I, I, yes, that's a personal opinion, but I also heard back from some of the people that received it how how they how much they loved them. So um, I assume it. I assume that was a general um, uh, belief. And um, so I did do some work with that as well. I helped. Um, work on some back-end systems and uh, lots of work in that. And then October of last year, um, I was at an event for uh, my current day job at Minichat. And I did what I do with my digital marketing is I stepped up and helped answer questions when there was some some stuff going on that um, they weren't, there were some technical issues at the time. Uh, and my background in customer support, my background in all of the knowledge of programming and everything else. It's like, hey guys, you know, this happens, you know, diffusing the situation. And they really liked that. And they're like, hey, would you want to maybe come to this job that we have open? And I've been, I had been using Minichat for several years for my business. And I was like, uh, Yes. And there were some other things that were going on at Cisco that um, I had already really considered looking anyway. So again, one more one more point in time where it was like universe was showing me, hey, you need to, there's something else for you right now. And it was so fascinating for me because once I started with Minichat, I realized how in line every choice in my life has been to be where I'm at today. All the way back to college, where I was doing a chatbot for research for smart home. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on for a sec. I'm still digesting the fact that, you know, is there anything which you haven't explored till date? <laughs> I see, uh, you know, uh, a 10th grade girl trying to develop chatbots and then going to TAC and then being, you know, involved in whatnot and then data science, artificial intelligence, and then digital marketing <laughs> yeah one one quick one quick um correction there it wasn't 10th grade it was actually um college so it was outside oh. of of that so i was i was i was at least i think i was at least 20 when i started doing chatbots mm -hmm. but still you 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 know you got exposed to different flavors of these industries right it's been and a wonderful ride yeah. So currently you're part of, uh, as a day job, you're part of many chats team. Yes, I am. 
Okay. And apart from that, you are also involved in your own startup as well. Can you <laughs> just brief us about that? Yeah. So um, about a year out of college, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to a direct sales company that I loved everything about the people, the energy, the training that people got when they were, you know, independent reps of, of that company, everything except for two things. Number one, they would say things like, like how to market. It was one of the, it's one, it's something that works, but if not done the right way, it can burn bridges. And that is contact everyone you've ever been on a first name basis with, get them to see this thing and, you know, ignorance on fire. That really rubbed me raw um, because there was a time in my life where that's literally all I did was try to call everybody I'd ever been on a first name basis with and get them to see this thing because it was amazing. It was basically um, five star travel at two and three star prices, like Costco for travel. It also allowed you to save money on everyday things. And I, I loved that. You can save money, you can travel, you could have all this fun and potentially make money by having somebody become a member as well. So that's pretty cool to me. But I would spend 10 plus hours a week calling people, no one ever picking up or those that picked up never pick up again. And I'm just like, there's got to be a better way. Like, obviously it works. The, the, mm -hmm. the network marketing industry is still thriving even through the pandemic. But this, this, this isn't what I want. I want. I want community. I want connection. I want relationships built. I'm not just trying to make money from this. I mean, yeah, that's going to be cool, but that's not my intention. And so that was the first thing. The second well-intentioned, but still a lie was that when you build your business, it'll work for you 24 seven. In network marketing and in most businesses, your business doesn't work for you 24 seven unless you have automated processes and humans are not automated at all. <laughs> right. Um, and so those two things really rubbed me raw. And I started looking at what, what, what are the things that allow those two things to be true about business? And it all came down to the internet. When you understand how to leverage the internet, you can achieve so many amazing things. I mean, you could have a flash mob randomly pop up somewhere, right? There are so many wonderful things you can do with the internet. And with, with my journey in my own career, there was a time where I was contacted by a company via LinkedIn, one of the social media platforms that I don't really use much for marketing. And they said, hey, we want to pay you for a week of your time, so about 40 hours, to come and teach um, a company about Python basics. At the time, I was still with Cisco, and I was like, 40 hours, that's like a whole week of my PTO. I don't know. And I, I almost declined them three times when they finally said, we will pay you $10,000. And I was like, Damn. I will make that happen. <laughs> now that didn't actually go through. Their client fell. But I mean, that's, that's fine. That was still a wake-up call of, oh my gosh, digital marketing, everyone literally everyone, whether you are an entrepreneur or an employee, everyone needs to know how to leverage the different platforms. It doesn't mean you have to be on all of them. I mean, if you're looking for a job, the two best ones, in my opinion, are LinkedIn and YouTube, you know? Um, so it really made it clear to me that one of the things I'd struggled with in my business, which I officially started in 2015, was niches. Some people say niches. Um, 
when you niche down, you get really specific with who you're talking to. And that is super important because that is what helps cater the language with which you're speaking to someone. And I, I just ha- um, had an interview or gave an interview or, or had a couple of my, of my friends in marketing talk about psychology and marketing because that's really important in everything. If it comes to humans, psychology is important in everything. And um, it was just fascinating to me how, how mar- marketing for anyone is, is so essential, no matter who you are, what your niche is, business or not. Um, and then there you go. <laughs> So. Yeah, so I won't be, you know, shocked if tomorrow with your expertise in ML and AI, you come up with a bot which can understand human psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some amazing technology these days for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, it's a, it has been really a fun journey, right? You, you have tried to explore as many fields as possible, and then so uh, currently, you know, you are uh, looking forward towards your. Um, uh, uh, a startup or you know as if you are planning to be on a day job and then pursue it on a side business or what what are what are your thoughts and and how how important it has been you know to uh, shape you, your career and you as an individual i mean you being an individual contributor within a big giant tech giant and then you know you starting from scratch and leading your own startup and then trying to figure out the niche and other nitty gritties problems with this and how to come up with solutions so how that has helped you to, you know, shape you as an individual. Okay. So what I, so I'll talk, start the second question and then maybe we can go back to the first because I forgot it. So the second question is how has my business shaped me as an individual? Um, having a day job has been, has been great because it pays the bills and it also allows me to pay for my business um, expenses but it's been mm-hmm. rough because that is 40 plus hours of my week every week that I don't have to my business or myself or anything else in my life. And as is the case for most roles that I've had in my career, I usually work a lot more than 40 hours a week. And um, sometimes this is by choice. Often it was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, having that business and that purpose even in times where I felt really like not doing anything and or didn't do anything for a while, um, it helps me keep me going. Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm not in business to make money. Yes, that I, I am grateful and, ex- and excited for the money that's going to be coming to me, but I'm not in it to be rich. I'm not in it to be whatever that is. I'm in it to empower others for success. And so it reminds me to get out of my funk when I'm in a funk. It reminds me that I have so much within me to share that I don't, and I'm working on doing more of, but there's so much in me to share that can that others can find as inspiration, that others can see and go, if she can do it, I can do it. Because I'm not perfect. I've got my own issues. You know, I, there's a lot of That's things that I'd like to change. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things I'd like to change. But we are, as I said earlier, we're all human. We are all a work in progress. And I, I, there's a book called The Slight Edge. And I really like, it's, it's basically it tells you the same thing over and over again, in my opinion. But basically, you are never staying still. You are either going towards your dreams or you're, or you're going away from your dreams. 
And if even if you only do 1% a day towards your dreams, it's still 1% every day. And that compounds. And that's what's most important. You might have a day or a week or a month where you don't feel like doing something. But in, in most instances, aside from any medical things that might be going on, it's it's lack of ambition. It's lack of passion. It's lack of knowing where you want to go. And as I said earlier, I just realized with this job that I didn't really know where I wanted to go, but I was taking steps to be where I am today and be in a position where I'm I'm still following my passion of empowering people. It may not be through my own business, but I'm still I still have a platform to help others and and see them achieve amazing things. So so that's how it's I think that it shaped me. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, passion is a real uh, motivator because once you find your passion, then you put heart and soul towards it and then rest is the you know, rest is just a dream come true. <laughs> Yes, so, exactly. Uh, I mean, talking about passion, Cassandra, you know, I mean, so since you have explored so many fields, I mean, it wouldn't be wrong to say that, you know, if, no one finds their passion at the first shot. I mean, even you didn't find that in your first shot, right? Because <laughs> things were moving and you just went on with the flow and then you tried to explore other opportunities and that's how you, you know, landed up in your current uh, uh, job, right? Yeah. So how important it is, you know, to have have a passion and, you know, um, and and what role it plays, you know, to make sure that you are giving or you are trying to, you know, get the best out of you in your uh, professional spectrum, and also, you know, how it helps you to maneuver your journey and getting the new uh, course of direction. Like you told that in your case, you were having a chat with one of your colleagues, and you know, you gave a shout out to their problems. You tried to diffuse the situation, and then you and given given your expertise in the technical aspect of it, you came up with solutions. So. Do do you feel that you know things are things are things just fall in place, or it is it is your passion or direction which you are uh, moving or pursuing to towards that makes difference? So, I have I wouldn't say it's an original belief about the universe, <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> I have been I've been I've begun to be led towards the idea that whether you believe in a higher power or not. There is something at work in the universe that when you not only think about what it is that you want, that you raise your vibration into that higher state of gratitude and already being that person or being in that lifestyle that you wish to have, right? So you're elevating those emotions and taking steps to do it, then things fall in place. And it may not seem like it right away. I mean, like I said, I was doing chatbots in college. I didn't really, I didn't know that was, that wasn't even a thing back then. It was, it was something new. And so, but I followed that because this looks cool. This looks like something I would really want to be a part of. And that I, I feel like that's where passion starts. It's just that spark, that interest. My interest in computing, uh, not computing, but programming first came from my junior year when I was looking for a senior year class because I needed the credit. Like I didn't even know, pro I, ha I had grown up with the Apple computers, so I know about Oregon Trail and whatnot, you know, like that kind of thing. But I, it didn't phase me that programming was something that could be a job. And then when it was offered as a class in my high school for my senior class, I was like, this is cool. And not only was it cool and I had fun with it, that's another key. It's passion 
it has to be fun because if it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. And therefore your passion will fade. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I had fun with it. And I also aced every six weeks. So I was like, maybe this could be a career. And at first I didn't start out with that in college, but that's another talk for another time. But, but I think that all starts with just following what, what would light you up? What is something that really, th- that you, that would get you out of bed in the morning, right? So those are things to consider when you're trying to find your passion, because sometimes it just finds you. Absolutely, Cassandra. And also talking about passion, right, since you are in the right position now and uh, and during this course of journey, there would have been few successes and few failures, right? So everyone talks about successes and we, we have a huge uh, laundry list in your case, which we can talk about <laughs> and we can go on and on for us. <laughs> but let, 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 let me, let me you know, take this opportunity to deviate a bit and talk about the failure aspect of it. I mean, everyone fails at some or other point of time in their life, uh, depending on the, you know, capacity and instances. But uh, with, with with what lens, you know, you approach failures and have you been through one or a couple of them and what was your mindset or approach during those uh, time frames? Yeah, failure. Again, not perfect. We're human. <laughs> exactly. And just to give a backdrop to this a question is, you know, because... Uh, I feel that success is the most, uh, you know, overrated aspect where people are so prepared that once I'm successful, I'm going to behave like this or do like this or, you know, go to these opportunities. But no one prepares you what to do once you fail, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and it's least talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. I for when it comes to failures, I, I don't really like that word and I don't know another word for it other than a lesson. Because failures are not meant to bring you down. And a lot of people think, oh, I failed. I'm a failure because this didn't happen the way that I expected it to or the way that I wanted it to. Or somebody called me this name and left this dirty you know, review on my page and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> you know, uh, humans are humans. Things are going to happen. But people like Gary Vaynerchuk, t- uh, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, any any person who's successful, if they listen to the people who tried to bring them down, would they be where they are today? So that's the first thing is when you worry about what other people think, you are basically taking on their life. Like, do you want to be like that person? Is that someone you even want to hang around if they're going to be like, oh, you, you're terrible? Like, why would you be around that energy? So Extra validations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as far as the failure part goes and the, I'm sorry, the lesson part goes, there's a, there's a quote. I don't, I don't know who, uh, who it was originally attributed to, but basically it's never, it's never a failure unless you quit. And I feel like that's has tr- truth to it because if you don't, if something doesn't happen the way that you want it to and you quit, well, what if the next time you did it, you did it better because you took the lessons that you learned from what didn't go right and planned on how to make it go well or better. And so I think that when when people get down about that, they forget, I, I can still improve. I can choose to improve or I can choose to take this loss and not keep trying. And it's the not keep trying part that, that from what I hear from people seems to be more pervasive than those who just keep trying through, through that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if, if if we try to, you know, uh, just be involved with those aspects and not learn from it, we are anyways not going to improve. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, Cassandra, since you, you know, I mean, you you have been an you have been an active uh, you know leader in terms of uh, the tech part of it, right? The the ML and AI part of it, right? But but I also was reading and researching about you, and I got to know that you are also a uh, STEM activist. So, how was that? Uh, you know that that motivation or that inclination towards? I'm sure uh, you know it is one it is just one aspect of your career. but uh, can you can you elaborate more on that yeah um i feel like activist is probably more active than i intend to but when i think activist i think it's someone who promotes something who wants the, who wants better for others and so for me uh, when it comes to stem activism and it really should say steam i really should update that um i how I, how much disparity there is between men and women in the tech world and mm-hmm. i never i never realized it before cuz i just took things as they were and was like okay well you know i'll just i'll just be better but sometimes it's not necessarily me it's the other person and you and it could be any reason that they refuse to see or you know whatever it is about what you're doing but part of that is also how you position yourself how you communicate yourself how how active you are in your own marketing <laughs> um and so knowing that for myself and going to to different women's events and hearing the numbers about what's actually happening it's led me to want to empower women in the tech field for many reasons um one that comes to mind is i i don't remember where i saw this but there was a study done on github and it found that in compared to women and comparing men and women on github if if people knew that it was a woman they were less likely to be accepted into the code but if you couldn't tell if it was a woman women's code changes and suggestions were taken more so than men and things like that made me realize oh my gosh women i'm not saying men can't do it right because there are plenty of smart men in all all places in 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 stem 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 areas but more women need to realize hey it's not a man's world this is something that women do really really well and they need more people to or excuse me more more women to see in those roles to think ooh if she can do it i can too you know if you don't see someone that you can re- relate to it's harder to see yourself in that position yeah absolutely and i can say you are one of those inspirations to <laughs> to whom we Thank can you. look up to <laughs> absolutely cassandra but uh, you know talking about your journey and since it has been you know a roller coaster right but uh, from 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 to, from today's lens if you look back to let's say a 20 year old cassandra right given an opportunity uh, is there anything that you would like to do differently or you would have done differently or let me put it yeah. this way are there any regrets which you would have uh, you know which you have right now and you would have tried to do it differently given that you have all the opportunity uh, and <laughs> all the career prospects that's a hard question to answer mostly because the decisions that i made as a 20 year old self allowed me to be where i am today but if i were to share something with my 20 year old self it would be to focus more on myself i have and still continue a bit today focused more on others than myself and that sometimes has an impact on my own personal health but also 
personal development is key. And while I still do personal development, I don't do it as often as I likely should. And, and should is also where I, I kind of cringe at a little bit. But uh, there, it, it is suggested by the people that I, I admire most that you do personal development every single day and at least 15 minutes a day, a good book, a good audio, um, something that gets you to, to be a better communicator or a better project manager or a better insert whatever it is that you want to improve upon here. And while I still take time every day to work on myself, it's not necessarily, you know, reading a book. Um, it's not necessarily specifics on being a better person, which is important to me, but it's, but it, you have to determine where your focus is. First of all, where your, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And second is time management. So many people struggle with time management and Part of that is learning to be forgiving of yourself if you can't get it all done in the time that you want to get it done, because we all only have 24 hours in a day. At end of the day, we are all humans and to air is to human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Cassandra, I mean, talking about, you know, a, a kind of uh, a balance in the life and the right mindset, which which helps you to, you know, uh, grow and as an individual and be involved in some kind of uh, personal development as well. So how important do you feel is, you know, the, the role of having a balanced, uh, balanced life in general in terms of your professional spectrum as well as your personal uh, life? How important it is to have a balanced life and what are some of the key uh, individuals or your source of motivation which you had in your life? Maybe a mentor, your um, leader, your manager or your colleague, your friend. I strive to balance, but um, there's, there is no true balance. There's always going to be something off, you know, um, you might, you might be having a stressful day thinking about whatever it is that you're thinking about, but you're focused on trying to be more Zen, right? There's, there's never a true balance, but you do need to pay attention to all aspects of life because without it, you know, if you, if you work always on work, but you know, barely see your family, you might be achieving great things in your your career, but what's happening in your family life, or perhaps your health, or perhaps any number of the seven, I think it's seven um, facets of life that Tony Robbins talks about. But again, it's it's balance. Maybe you focus on your physical health Tuesdays and Thursdays, and maybe on Mondays is when you focus on your your growing your business or whatever the case may be, right? But you have to determine what that looks like for you. One person's balance is not the same as somebody else. Again, we all have 24 hours in a day, but some people have kids, some people don't. Some people have dogs, some people, you know, it, it, everyone's balance looks different. And that's what you have to determine for yourself. How does balance look for you? Where is it in your life that you feel you are neglecting? Where can you uh, take time away from in order to invest it in the things that matter more for you? So I think balance is, is just uh, uh, allowing yourself probably at least weekly to think about what it is that, you know, how did your week go? How would you like it to go? What are the changes that you need to make? And then making them to, to have a more balanced life. Absolutely. And we could also, you know, rephrase it saying that instead of balance, if we could have the right alignment of the activities yes, within yes. our day-to-day uh, -day job, yeah, or day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. Alignment is a much better, better word. 
yeah absolutely and we can also talk about the seven facets of life but yeah that would be just another session <laughs> even i have been reading those lately so yeah we can discuss more on that yeah, yeah. so i do feel it's important to find a passion but again um don't try and force it find things that you enjoy do more of it and be more forgiving of yourself you know, I, I tend to feel guilty when I'm not working on my business because I, I know that I know where I want my business to go and, and how I want to make an impact. But I also have to take care of me because you, you are not able to give more of yourself than you have. If, you're, if your cup is empty, you can't give any more of it because it's empty. And so taking time to refill yourself, maybe, maybe that's, you know, going on a, on a, on a camping trip. Maybe that is playing with your dog. Maybe that's meditation, which I am a huge believer in meditation. I've had too many weird woo-woo moments, as it were, to to not believe the science that's coming from meditating daily and you know taking that 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 um, time to step away from technology, you know, to decompress and and get more in touch with nature. I feel like those are things that can help, but again, I think it's different for each person. Now. Meditation, I think everyone should be doing. So that's the one thing I think uh, it should be a thing. But for those of you that think, oh, I can never meditate. I, I, <clears throat> I can't sit still. It's a practice. You know, it's, it's not something that you get right off the bat. Uh, it's building that muscle, right? Um, mother, uh, repetition is the mother of all skill. The neurons, if I'm going to look at science in this, the neurons in your brain, when you're learning something new, they start to fire. And when they start to fire together, they begin to wire together and you're creating new neural pathways. So things that were once hard or difficult to understand or to do or took forever start to take less and less time to do and it starts to become second nature. So you just, whatever it is that you're trying to do that's new and you think that it's, you know, I can't do this because of X. Well, if you're going to think that you can't do it, then you won't. So we can make a session of out of it how cassandra proved that you know practice makes humans perfect <laughs> scientifically yeah. yeah sure totally perfect except not <laughs> but even uh, i vouch for that i mean i personally have been following uh, meditation since uh, i guess uh, for past two years and Good. it's a crazy change so even yeah. i vouch for Absolutely. It's it's so weird. The one of the first times that I that I really had a feeling that meditation was important um was was when I was able to organize things a lot more efficiently. It was very strange. It was like one day I went, Oh, let's do this. And voila, it was great. <laughs> I went, I've had it this way for X amount of time and I've been meditating. Hmm. Just the very first time. So Absolutely. And it, it, it brings a lot of a mental peace as well. You know, it gives you a better understanding, a clear picture, how it makes it, it makes you more calm and composed, in short. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Sandra. It was really, you know, it, it was a real pleasure to have you on this show and discuss all about your career journey, your uh, your thought processes, what, what have been the key enablers in your life and how you have approached situations. So I'm pretty sure it, it's a, it was a great inspiration individually for me and more and in, most of the audience out there listening to this 
So, and also we, we can have multiple other sessions where we can talk about your uh, startup, your thought processes, the seven facets of life and whatnot. <laughs> so it was Thank a real you. pleasure interviewing you, Cassandra. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, being on this show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And for those who are listening, I'll make sure to get this information um, so you can see it in the description. But if you email podcast at prosperousheart.com with the code uh, Utkarsh, did I say that correctly? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, If you send that code to me, uh, you will get 25% off your first purchase with me, um, whether it's a coaching session or whatever it might be. Cassandra, yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm